The opinions expressed on this podcast are not necessarily those of the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District or its employees. For more information about the Sewer District and its projects and programs, visit neorsd.org. The Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District presents Clean Water Works, a podcast that explores water, sewer, and stormwater issues that affect you and your community. Learn about the people, projects, and programs that are protecting your health and the environment here in Cleveland and throughout Northeast Ohio. Jessica Cotton, welcome to Clean Water Works Podcast. Thank you, Mike and Donna. How are you guys? We're doing all right. Good. So last time I spoke with you, you were in a completely different role. I was. You were in, in GIS, yes. Geographic Information Systems, mm-hmm. which we can talk a little bit about today. Sure. Maps. It's maps. And now you are in... I am in watershed programs, so I am the grant programs administrator. So I oversee several grant programs. The biggest one is uh, the green infrastructure program. And what were you doing before you were in GIS? So I was in the private sector. I worked for, um, now it's called um, AECOM. I was a GIS specialist there. Oh, okay. And then here, I was a GIS analyst. I see. I was here as a consultant for a couple years and then um, got hired in. So let's talk about GIS. Yeah. How did you get into that? Well, what is it? Is is the shorthand like Google Maps? Is that how people can understand GIS? Um, The very, very, very basic shorthand, yes. Um, But if you add data to it, like um, points, lines... Um, a basic map that kind of tells a story mm-hmm. um, that you can just present and people can understand what is going on. It tells a good story. Mm-hmm. So you're not just plotting location on a map. Correct. It's just not a location. And then in the background, there's there's information and data that's associated with those locations. So if you click on those dots then you're going to get a whole bunch of data that tells even a more in-depth story. So, for example, let's say manholes. There's depth information, what type of manhole, um, where is it going, stuff like that. So, Did you go to school for GIS? I got my bachelor's in science in geographical informational systems. Okay. And it was in the um, um, social and behavioral science department. So it was like a mixture of geography and social behavior. Oh, that's fine. And statistics. And if you think about it, it fits right into what I'm doing technically because we're making these decisions from business decisions to environmental decisions based off of the geospatial information that we put on those maps. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. I feel like one of the most recent um, GIS examples that people can think about now is all the COVID mapping. Remember like New York times and even the County data had all the COVID maps with the, there were like heat maps with what, what counties had more COVID and what, you know, than others. But that's like another example of how 
GIS is being used. Yes, it's all that's over. A People use it. Very good example. So GIS is a very important key to the Sewer District's Regional Stormwater Management Program. Can you talk a little bit about that? Absolutely. It's basically the baseline of the program, and it runs the program on the data aspect of the billing. The GIS group um, actually takes care of and manages um, 400,000-plus parcels that are within our service area of the stormwater program. So what that means is they manage the billing the customers, anything that changes property, that changes um, the impervious area alone. Um, At first, it was computerized, digitized, which um, didn't really work out that well because it was very pixelated. So we decided um, to just hand digitize. Mm -hmm. Um, That what that means is just taking, let's say, a house the, or let's say the roof of the sewer district and then just drawing electronically um, a, a, a shape. And that shape, it determines how much they're going to get billed, basically. Mm-hmm. So that's in like just basic terms. But So on anyone's parcel or their property, mm-hmm. they've got hard surfaces. They've got a rooftop, yes. sidewalk, Sidewalk, driveway, garage, Decks included. Decks included. If you, for some reason, yeah. mm-hmm. decide to turn your backyard into like a rock garden. Correct. That would also be Yeah. Included. So you're going in and you're hand drawing these outlines. Yeah. We came that. in a couple of Saturdays to do that. Ooh. I remember. Yeah. And they still do it that way now. Mm-hmm. So every, usually twice a year, they'll go in, the GIS group will go in and make sure the impervious area is correct. Correct. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you're using GIS to determine how much individual property owners are going to pay on their stormwater bill? Yes. So um, it's residential or non-residential. And then the residential are um, put in tiers. So it's tier one, two, and three. And it depends on the square footage of the uh, impervious area that we digitize, that each of them will fit into one of those categories. And then we calculate their billing with that. Do people ever dispute Oh, absolutely. What happens? Like our there, first, you say there's their their property has yeah. ten thousand square feet of hard surface and they say no that that can't be. Yes. All the time. I remember when we first started a couple of years ago, um we had this system called um ITLs, which are inquiries that come in through customer service from a customer calling in. At one point we had I think like nine hundred to a thousand ITLs. This is when this first started. So again, this is something new. So we had to work with Watershed Team Leaders, GIS, um, to answer all these ITLs. Um, Most of them were like, uh, the square footage is off. Um, You capture a small grass area. You know, we have great customer service. So it was easy for us to be like, okay, we'll clean that up. Mm -hmm. So Earlier in the program, our aerial imagery wasn't like the best, especially when there was like tree canopy involved. Mm-hmm. So we switched to what we call near map now. So they fly for us twice a year, spring, fall, and it's really, really nice and accurate. And we can get that digitizing down to like maybe a dog bowl that you can see <laughs> or a manhole, mm-hmm. you know? So it's so nice. Really accurate. Yeah. Very, very clean and accurate. 
accurate. Yeah, very accurate with our digitizing. So we still get calls. Oh yeah, <laughs> and a lot of times it'll be like, "Hey, I removed my deck," or you know, "Why did this change from here to here?" And we just go in. Same thing. Watershed team leaders work with GIS, and then um, sometimes have to work with billing, and we mm-hmm. get it cleaned up. Or we call them and we say, sorry, um, the map is accurate and I can send you a copy if you would like to look at it yourself. Uh, And there's times where we do um, field visits, you know, Mm -hmm. we accommodate customers very well. I mean, we want to make sure that they're comfortable with their billing. You're getting billed. This is a bill. Mm -hmm. So um, sometimes we go out and just double check, you know. If something was removed or is it really, you know, pervious versus impervious. So um, they really appreciate that, too. Mm-hmm. And you mentioned credits. What are these are ways for people to reduce their, their stormwater, stormwater fee. Mm-hmm. fee? And how, how are some ways that people can do that? They do have a residential credit, depending if they um, have like rain barrels, disconnecting downspouts, um, a couple other things, but <laughs> those are the most common. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. And it's for rain barrels and disconnected downspouts, you have to have 50% of your total roof area going to one of those um, stormwater measures. And then you can apply for the credit. Um, and it's a 25% credit off of your stormwater bill. So, how did you transition from that into your new job? So, I really love GIS. Um, I love uh, creating maps, um, looking, analyzing big data, um, creating applications. So the GI grant, which stands for Green Infrastructure Grant Program, it's a program that we fund uh, stormwater control measures um, by applicants. When I say applicants, these are government entities, nonprofits. Um, It could be private um, businesses, but they work with their um, CDC, um, which is the Community Development Corporations. What we do is we fund several projects, and this is an annual reimbursement program. There are people that submit applications for um, different type of stormwater control measures, which is permeable pavers, bioretentions, cisterns, or what we call rain harvesting, and um, a couple others. Things um, to reduce... To reduce stormwater runoff from our combined sewer area Mm -hmm. Um, or eliminate it Um, because some of them do just keep that stormwater in that in their um, on the property property. Yeah. Um, So these projects are um, small or medium. They're not huge. They're not as big as our big green infrastructure projects that the district owns, like Urban Ag. Mm-hmm. Um, what's the other ones? Uh, um, Fleet Avenue. Fleet Avenue. That was pretty. In I saw Slavic that. Slavic Village, this, if you've been in that area. Mm-hmm. It's in Slavic Village. That one's a really pretty one. So these GI grants are small, much smaller projects. Then. They're much smaller, yeah. Mm-hmm. And we don't own them. We just fund them. It's the applicant's responsibility to maintain them. Um we require an annual inspection. Uh, we'll go out every summer and inspect these projects, um, but we also require the applicants to inspect the projects as well. And then we work with them if there's any maintenance issues um, with the projects. 
One of the projects that I really like to mention is the Waterloo Project because it's our first green roof. Mm-hmm. Um, they created a what we call a treatment train, which is basically multiple stormwater control measures on one project site. So not only did they have a green roof, but they had permeable pavers in their alley. And then they used the rain harvest system, which is a cistern, um, <clears throat> to utilize that water to um, water the plants on the green roof. Can you tell us how um, permeable pavers work? It basically soaks up the rainwater. It keeps the rainwater where um, it is on that site. So if you ever see asphalt or even the streets, you see rainwater, just sheets of rain, just water just flowing, right? Rolling off. Correct. So what permeable pavers do is just keep that water right where they are, where the pavers. So it just soaks into the ground and goes into the ground and naturally, like mm-hmm. mimicking the natural state if it's like in a grass area or mm-hmm. something like that. So um, we- where does, it, where does the water go after it goes into the it ground? It just seeps in the ground and there are different layers of rock and soil. And what those layers do, it's the layers not just filtering in rainwater, but it's just filtering the pollution that's going down in there too. It kind of gives the water more time to absorb into the ground. So it goes usually through, like she was saying, different layers, including like gravel layers. And then when it's sitting in that gravel layer, it can slowly percolate in versus the way that that asphalt just slides the water And then you're not going to see any puddles like you see on the asphalt. Now, it might be wet, the pavers, but you don't want to see any puddles. No standing water. Yes, no standing water, which means that the system is working. If you do see standing water, which we do see sometimes um, in our green infrastructure projects, we just, you know, note that and work with the applicant to see what's going on. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Do, do permeable, permeable pavers, are they as durable as regular pavement or do you have to replace them more often? Or? No, they are um, durable as regular pavements, but there are some um, things that you need to be aware of when um, putting in pavers. So, for example, they can dent in. And mm-hmm. and the reason why you see those dents is depend on the vehicles going over those pavers. Mm-hmm. So, for example, there's one project um, that we noticed um, heavy dents, like big, thick dents. And we noticed there was a huge trash can there. So mm-hmm. the trash truck was backing up, getting that load, mm-hmm. and they were just, you know, constantly doing that. So one of the things we recommend if, you know, think of applicants to think about that and maybe not put pavers in those areas and just put concrete and just maybe pavers around it or mm-hmm. whatever. So, but is the system still working? Yes, but they have to make sure that they look at that every year just to keep an eye on that. So you talked a little bit about um, some of the things you like about GIS. You're just naturally drawn to maps and data and yeah. what are some of the what are some of the things that you like about this new role that you've um, that you've taken on? I think I just realized, like, I really like being in in the environment or environmental things, mm-hmm. kind of combining that with technology, basically. So, <clears throat> I actually uh, trained myself and educated myself about green infrastructure environmental things like stormwater control measures and stuff like that. And I went above and beyond and um, 
got certified as a green infrastructure practitioner. Um, I wanted to know more and I wanted to be a little bit more in a leadership role. With my technical background, I'm able to incorporate some uh, more streamlined processes so we don't have to do a lot of more manual work, Mm -hmm. but just utilize what we have in our house. So I'm able to have an eye for that technical part of it. So I'm really happy about this role because I'm stepping into more of a leadership role, which that's what I wanted. GIS seems to be an exploding field. It is. Actually, I think one of the last times I saw you was at the GIS conference mm-hmm. down at the uh, convention center. Yeah. And people were visiting from all over the country mm-hmm. to talk about all things GIS, right? Yeah. What are some of the other applications that uh, where it's being used now that, that it's really a growing? GIS um, at the district started small. You know, people didn't know what it was. Everyone was used to AutoCAD, you know. <laughs> what is GIS? So I am so happy to see it exploding within the district. You know, people are asking, what can GIS do now? Instead of us be- being in the background, now they're asking, what can GIS do to, you know, streamline our processes? People can use it for any type, any type of career. Um from health and safety, schools are using it. Um, bird watching people are using it. Like it's everywhere. <laughs> For Hurricane Ian, I remember seeing they had a map that had not only the evacuation routes on it, but it also had it showed like the storm coming through, and then it had the different areas where like yes, you have to evacuate. Maybe you should evacuate. And then, like, you're probably good here. You know, like, it had all those different zones. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's just, like, one way. I think people are visual, you know? And so, like, having people that visual map. Very visual. You see visual information, you can relate to it. If you see a spreadsheet, it's going to take you a minute. Mm-hmm. So you're yeah. taking those spreadsheets and visualizing it, and people understand what's going on. It's cool. Yeah. Were your kids excited when you got promoted? Or were they, like, being kids and they were like, we no, don't even know you I, exist? No, they were super excited because let me tell you, I've been using them in 2022 to practice like everything. I practiced with them with my interview, with any presentations. Like they are the best because they give you like this think face. <laughs> right. Like you really have to impress right. me with what you're telling me or you're not going to get any response. Exactly. So then when I got it, I just was so excited to tell them. But yeah, they're like the best to practice on. What are some of the uh, coolest grant application projects that you're seeing? Okay, so the very first one, or one of the first ones was uh, called St. Casimir. It's a church, and they um, are known as one of the first green churches around here. So that was super cool. They did permable pavers. Um, they actually came back this round for the 2023 round and um, submitted an application for more stormwater control measures. So we're super excited about that. Um, another one, like I mentioned, was Waterloo. It's just our first green roof. So I'm super excited about that. 
I like the living wall. The living wall is awesome in Ohio City. Um, That is a green roof, but on a wall, on the side of the wall. Yeah, it's really cool. What's cool about that living wall is they harvest, they have a rain harvest system down underneath, underground. So a lot of people don't see that part, but... Like underground cisterns? Yes. Collecting the water? Mm -hmm, mm Mm-hmm. There is a church called St. Vitus. They did their entire parking lot of pavers. I mean, it's huge. I was so like, wow. Um, This year was the first time I ever walked it. And Mm -hmm. it was just the entire parking lot. Another cool project that came through last year or 2022 as a design only, it's Menlo Park Academy. It's a school. They got a pretty cool project coming up. So I can't wait to see... Um, it constructed and completed. Um, so we're excited. We get excited about schools and churches because we don't have that many. So mm-hmm. it's nice to see them. Mm-hmm. And visibility is one of the yes. scoring categories too. Absolutely. So the more visible the project mm-hmm. is, the better they score. Yeah. Yeah. So plus super kids, cool. you know, because then yeah. you can be like teaching oh, yeah. them about the That's practices. exactly what they want to do. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Our the programs being is very, very competitive. Just, it's very popular, very competitive. So there's a, a fixed amount of money to go around, and so they're competing for this, these dollars, Correct. Right? Yes. So they can go two routes, design only if they're not sure of the what they want to do with their project, and the design only is up to $25,000 um, that we can fund annually, and then they can do the design and or construction part, which is up to $250,000 annually. Another project that we did was intro too. Um, intro is that big multi-use building over there on 25th and Lorraine, right across the street from the market, the mm-hmm. Westside Market. Oh, right, right, right. Yeah, mm-hmm. we have a project, a GI project there too as well. So that was kind of cool. Well, thank you so much for joining us, Jessica, and telling us a little bit more about GIS and your new role You're welcome. the Sewer District. Thanks for having me. Yeah, thanks for coming in, Jessica. Thank you. You guys are Cleveland famous. Did you know eligible customers can save up to 40% on their sewer charges? Learn more about the Sewer District's cost-saving programs and use our discount calculator at neorsd.org slash save or call 216-881-8247. That's neorsd.org slash save or 216-881-8247. Clean Waterworks is produced by the Communications and Community Relations Department at the Northeast Ohio Regional Sewer District. Our music was composed and performed by G.S. Shrey. If you have a question or suggestion, or if you'd like to learn more about the Regional Sewer District, visit neorsd.org or call 216-881-8247.